I guess I was pretty horny. What's in the bag? A shark or something? Oh, no, not the beast! God damn it! How'd it get burned? How'd it get burned? How'd it get burned? I'm a vampire. Kill me. Fucking files! Have you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and beaten to you? Pissed! Blood! That's our boy Nicholas Cage. What are these fucking iguanas doing on my coffee table? What are you eating today? It's a scone. It's a scone? What kind of scone? It's a scone. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Is anyone there? <laughs> Just how the last one ends. Wow. Is how this one begins. It's like uh, Pink Floyd, The Wall. Oh, we have to. We still have to watch it. Yeah. I still haven't watched it. It's actually, I was going to talk about it again this episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Um. So... Welcome back to Gone in 60 Seconds. I'm your host, Marta Perillo. And I'm your host, Asia Garman. Welcome. That might be confusing because we actually... I, I'm Marta. <laughs> That's Asia. I'm, I'm Asia. I'm Asia. Um, but even Asia and I, like, we don't obviously sound anything fucking alike. No, no. But I think the inflections in our voice, because we sound so much, spend so much time together, are and similar. Because we're so, valley girls now. Yeah, apparently. But I agree that we both were like... Sometimes I can't tell who says what yeah. when we're listening to our own voices. No, I, I think I had mentioned to you in the last week that even when I'm editing, sometimes I'm like, what? Hello? <laughs> Whom's is that speaking? Well, especially when we're like putting in our little jabs at the same time when we're both going back and forth. Mm-hmm. I can't tell. You're like, who's responding to who? I have to I have to remember based on my memory. I'm like, I don't know. Just, just bad. Just, just, no, it's a good one. I has a good memory. Yeah. Mine, mine is fading, I think. Oh, mine's fading for sure, but I started at like a higher yeah, yeah. place. I'm like, so I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm like, I remember my third birthday party. <laughs> my mother gave me a wonderful cake. I remember my birth. It was great. I heard everything. <laughs> I actually, I heard that recently that like there are people who do. That's strange. Isn't that fucked up? That's fucked. Yeah, why? Are they lying? How do they prove that they're How? like, they're you- like, he's like, whoa, I heard like muffled doctors. And there was like a bright light and I heard my mom screaming and they're like, oh, that checks out. That sounds just like a birth. Like, how does that? <laughs> I remember do... it was so warm and then it was so cold. <laughs> <laughs> I was thrust into the light. <laughs> they cut me. They severed my cord from my body. <laughs> they used one of those squeegee things to pull up my ears. Yeah. <laughs> to pull out my ears. Like when they have the little tube that like it sucks it out of their like nose. Oh, and right, right, right. They get the goop out. They get the goop out. The plianta. <laughs> I know it's supposed the to be the <laughs> The bienya. Um, oh man. Okay. So we're talking about birth <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> no. I mean we're not, but we are because it just happened. Who did? You did. <laughs> I gave birth. <laughs> <laughs> that dude. That just reminded me of that scene in the labyrinth where they're like, "Who do you do have the power of the babe?" <laughs> David Bowie. I'm moving this. Sorry, I messed it up. Um, so today we're talking about uh, Industrial Symphony Number no. One, The Dream of Broken Hearted. Love it. Which is a uh, another David Lynch, but it's not a film. It's a stage play that was recorded and released in 1990. What was? I know I asked you this when we were watching it. It's only like 49 minutes to 50 minutes long. Mm-hmm. It was released like i think it, the performance itself was done in 1989 but it was released on vhs in 1990 
Um, yeah. The dates that I found were June 1st, 1990, but that could be anything sorry i have like this burp that's stuck in me and it's like not coming out oh. so i keep waiting for it no it's okay it'll come but yeah i think it was i just closed the tab so i can't verify this 100 percent. but it was performed somewhere at like the academy of music or something on the east okay. coast in 1989 but it was filmed and released to the public in 1990 okay for on vhs right right but Love. what was it for? Like, what was it? It was just like a show, like a David Lynch yeah, it was, on stage, or was it like at like an arts festival? And it was like one of the things you could see. Like, I don't understand. No, what it I was. think I think it's like it's oh, it it's, says a music- it's a musical play. Yeah, it's a, supposed to be like a play slash musical. Um, David Lynch and how do you say his last name? It's like Angelo Bar- Angelo Badalamenti. Badalamenti. Yeah, and. Or something like that. Together, they they are like huge collaborators with each other, like especially with Twin Peaks and everything. And he's the composer. He's the composer. Okay. Ba- Battlemente is the composer, and then David Lynch does all the lyrics. Oh, interesting. And then they have Julie Cruz, the girl that's featured in the play, because of course, um, she performs everything. Like she does and, the love theme in Twin Peaks okay. and has like the very airy like falling, falling. thank you thank you for that performance there but Um, uh she performs everything and you said that because i don't watch twin peaks but you said that doesn't she have like she's like always in it as a performer yeah so her so her role in twin peaks is she sings the love theme or whatever but she's also like a character in twin peaks being like the lead singer of a band that performs at their local bar right does she ever have lines or it's just her I think singing? she just sings. That's literally, that's what I was saying. When Asia said that to me, I was like, oh, it's like Josie and the Pussycats for, yeah. that's how they, I mean, that's how it was in the comics. And then obviously Josie and the Pussycats, the movie has a totally different story and it's fantastic. <laughs> but um, the, in Riverdale, they have Josie and the Pussycats as whatever and they don't, I don't think they really ever say anything. But they're just like a character themselves. And they're, yeah, they're a character themselves and they're always performing but what they sing about is like about what's happening in the show because yeah. that's kind of like breaking the fourth wall. Totally. Like as like a narrative It's almost style, like, uh, like like a narrator almost. Diegetic but also non-diegetic because it's like happening over other plot points. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's no, interesting. It's, it's really good. Um, But it was funny because Asia and I, so we just watched this last night and it's, see that right there. That's where I sound like a valley I was just going to say the same thing. (laughs) So we just like watched this last night. (laughs) I like, I notice I do that. No. (laughs) No, I love it. SoCal's changed us. (laughs) Like I'm so different now. Like after I moved to the West Coast from the Midwest, like. Like now we say our R's like another. Like to be honest. (laughs) To be honest. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yesterday I said the phrase copaesthetic. So, oh, I said that to Asian. I was like, I've never said that before, but I'm going to start. I was like, you did a good job. <laughs> I used it in the right place and everything. Um, anyways, so we were watching this last night and, and, <laughs> <laughs> and we were kind of like, I don't know how we're going to talk about this. Oh, oh my God. This was okay. Wait, hold on. And I was like, how did it even begin? Wait. Okay. So there's not really a synopsis because. No. Basically, and basically Nick Cage's role in it is he plays a character at the beginning. It's mm-hmm. a, It sets it up. It's a pre-filmed thing yeah. of 
Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern talking on the phone, very reminiscent to their characters from Wild at Heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's breaking up with her. Yeah. And she's like, no, please don't go. And he's like, I, it's not you. Like, it's us. I got to go. Goodbye. And, she, and she's like, don't say goodbye. And I think the rest of the play is just supposed to be like this sort of fever dream of heartbreak yeah. that she's going through emotionally. Like the play itself is supposed to be like her emotions dealing with the breakup and like her suffering and like yes. being so torn up with grief that she's like, I don't know. Like, There's so much shit well, that it's, happens. It's interesting because it's literally it is. It's just like a close up of both their faces. Like it's like David Lynch presents and then it's. Laura Dern, like, on the phone, being like, don't do this. And then it cuts to his face, and it's the exact same frame, where it's just this close-up of both of them talking. No even like, setting or anything. No, you can't even see what's in the background. Like, they did this in, like, a studio or one room, and it was very simple setup. But, um, so they they have this, like, breakup, and then immediately it, like, ends on her reaction, and then it goes into the play, and Julie Cruz is, like, singing automatically. Yeah, like, there's, the there's, like, this weird like instrumental intro and where you kind of get an idea of the set but not really because it's so dark the whole time yeah but there's and like, it was a little pixelated because it's like on youtube yeah. and it's like a rip from the oh, vhs and yeah everything. like i would highly recommend because the whole thing is on youtube it's only yeah. 50 minutes long just look it up it's pretty trippy like if you want to like get high and watch it or something you no know, like, I, I like really enjoyed it, it went by quickly it went by really quickly and like her voice is so like entrancing that it was it was weird, mm-hmm. but I wasn't, like, angry about having to sit through it. No, definitely yeah. not. Um, but, like, you get an idea of sort of the stage atmosphere. There's, like, this big metal structure that you can climb on. Yeah. And there's, like, a an abandoned car on the ground. Yeah. And is there, like, a small building nearby or something like yeah, that? Yeah, like... It's all, like, clearly, like, set pieces. So it's, like, it looks like a ruins of a building, but it's, like, very minimal. So it's just, like, metal. Yeah. And then it's just funny because it's it's her singing and she's, like, floating as a fairy, right? She just walks in first. Oh, she walks in first and then she starts singing. Yes. And as she's singing, all we see is, like, weird camera angles of this, like, girl with no top on. She's just Just, wearing, like, Spanx. She's wearing, like, like high-waisted black underwear and no top and no top so boobs out and like black heels yeah and she's just like climbing through the rafters of this like yeah fucking stage and then there's like a dude that's like doing flips yeah so they on wire they use wires uh on this show so it looks like people are floating and he like comes down and he's like flipping all around like yeah. falling and like really slowly and, like yeah and everything is really slow like they're like acting like it's all slow motion yeah and then, but even, but what's even more interesting is like, and this is all, so it literally is just her singing and then like different like kinds of like avant-garde, interesting interpretive dancing happening yeah. with the set and structures and like, there. so there's no, there's no dialogue. No. It's just her singing there different songs. There is dialogue, but it's just a rehashing of the first scene. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. There is dialogue, but there's not like, I mean, there's no, um, there's not really a plot. There's definitely yeah. like scenes. Yeah. But it's like vignettes. Well, I mean, like the fact that you said that it's, it's her fever dream, like it is very dream esque. Mm-hmm. Like it's very like confusing and weird and strange because it's like, and I know that's something about David Lynch, like from the little I know about him mm-hmm. and like things you've showed me is like, I know that his dream sequences are always very strange well it's because it's because they play they don't play on (sighs) 
it's almost like when we were talking about Wild at Heart and when Laura Dern is talking about how her dad died in the fire. Oh, yeah. It's not like eventually we do see that night. Yeah. But uh, leading up until that, when it's like almost the climax of the film and we we finally see like that her mom played a part in it and it was Santos and Nicolas Cage was there and everything. You just see like almost insert shots mm-hmm. and hear sounds. So yeah. it's like fire, a breaking window, a cackle, like yeah. a little like, I don't know. It's it's more a moment, but like sonically and visually you're in the moment well it's very like sensory yeah Yeah. no that's exactly what i yeah what i'm trying to say but i'm failing to no no (laughs) you did a great job thank you you made a comparison to what we just it's relevant see i learned i learned and now i'm expressing it (laughs) (laughs) we're so proud it's funny okay because like that was already watching like the weird trippiness of it was very um uh i don't want to keep using the word entrancing but uh, engaging but what was funny is like I realized to I said to Asia I was like not only is like this stuff happening but it's not just a recording of what's happening on stage because what they had cut together it's still like they it does things where it does actually use slow-mo and like reverse mm. like they they kind of fuck with it so the editing's trippy too yeah yeah it's subtle but it's still there so I was like it's just funny because we're getting these different camera angles and more like interesting viewpoints because of like um we're just not how, live yeah because we're not live but then i like turned age i was like <laughs> this is just happening like in front of people like in an audience it's just like and they're what? watching everything at this once being like what the fuck <laughs> yeah like there's not like the different like close-up angles and far away and like overlaying of like different bodies and stuff and like kind of like ooh, like it's literally just like what mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was pretty entertaining but um i think it's is it was it at the second song or the third song? So <laughs> or it takes a turn. What's really funny is like we were going to the third song, so probably like 10, 15 minutes in. Yeah. And I've like talking to Marta, I'm like, how are we gonna do this as a separate episode? Like it's pretty like the same thing keeps happening. Yeah. Like she goes from the floor to being suspended in wires, so she looks like she's floating around, she's singing, there's mm-hmm. you know, more slow motion conceptual shit happening below. But I was like, I don't know what we're going to talk about well, if we try to do like, an episode. We started, like, she started to say it and I started, like, we were both having the same thought at mm-hmm. the same exact moment. We were like, yeah, what do we, what do we discuss? And then they fucking drop Julie Cruz. <laughs> like, right in that moment. In that moment, like, from her wire and she fucking lands on the ground. <laughs> she, she, they drop her from, like, the, the highest point and she not only, like, comes down hard, but she hits her head on the fucking car. And I want to say. parked on the stage. I want to say it's probably not actually her it's probably like a dummy but definitely definitely like her character like falls from the sky like she like it's like a brutal fall (laughs) yeah and we were like oh oh okay because (laughs) immediately after that like all these people run out in like helmets and lights and they're shining lights all over the place and they get this like deer thing that's been like covered in like goopy bloody looking shit it's, like it's a giant paper mache deer that they they put use. stilts on him and <laughs> yeah. so he's like 
16 feet tall. But he's like laying on like a stretcher and all these people are like, oh. And then they help him up and he's like, oh, oh. <laughs> and he's just this big like weird demonic looking like bloody deer paper mache thing on stilts that's like waddling around the stage. Dude, and then uh, what's what's his name? The uh, small man. Michael J. Anderson. Michael J. Anderson is there. Um, plays the small reversal guy from <laughs> Twin Peaks. And he's got like a, like a, I don't even know. It, it was funny because I realized I was like, that's just a stage light. Like he's literally oh, like one yeah. from the rafters. He's just holding a straight up light. Yeah, it's not a it's not a flashlight, but it's a stage light. And he's just like shining it at the deer. And it's like in slow motion. He just keeps pointing at the deer's face. And the deer's like, ah. <laughs> and Martin and I are like sitting there with our eyes wide like, what the fuck is happening? We were like, that took such a drastic turn. <laughs> it all happened so fast. And then they, like, take her body and put it in the trunk of the car. Yeah. And then she, I, I think they put her, when they're taking, putting the deer thing together, that's when they also put her in the trunk of the car. And then all that weird stuff happens. And I think then that's when there's this scene of, what's his name? Mike, Michael? Michael Anderson? J. Anderson. Yeah. Uh, he's repeating all the lines from oh, yeah. Nicholas Cage and Laura Dern's interaction at the beginning. Like mm-hmm. he's playing both characters. Yeah. There's a man playing an oboe. Oh yeah. And then on the other side of that, there's just like a woman who vaguely looks like Laura Dern's character dancing sensually. Yeah. And, and that just goes on for however long it takes to rehash all the lines and then immediately after that, they fucking open the trunk. And oh, Julie- no. Oh. Because then she's on TV. Yeah, no, that they open oh, the trunk. It, and then it's her face and on TV. She, yeah, and she's sitting in the trunk performing. Oh, and then okay. they're videotaping her like a fucking TV okay. crew. And then they show and then they show her face on a separate like old tube TV mm-hmm. with these two girls wearing similar dresses as her like doing and like like a like a swing not a swing like, dance like but very like, 50s doo-wop-y. like doo-wop-y, yeah. yeah, just kind of like ooh, like And that's for some reason that's the part that reminded me of the wall. Okay. Cuz it was very like I don't know like weird uses of media and there was like a weird like world war ii feel to all of the like extras that come out and like throw stuff oh, together okay. and i think the car that's like on stage is an old like rusted out beetle like it, yeah, looks, it was like a volkswagen it looks like a nuclear bomb like went off on stage and then that oh, was their set okay so i don't know what it was if it was just like the ambiance of like smokiness and like holding flashlights and it kind of feels like war is happening yeah but I liked it. No, it was fun. It was it was, really it was definitely it. interesting. And well, I think that scene where Michael J. Anderson is repeating the lines, you had said to me like pretty early into what was happening that you were like, "Oh, this is her dream." Mm-hmm. And the the idea of the repeat of the last conversation because this is what we do as women and I mean guys do it too yeah. any breakup like you're just like repeating that over and over again oh, in your head that's I and didn't so even I was, think about oh, that really? yeah I so I was like why. thinking about that and I was like that's so interesting because especially like for me like when I have anything I'm like obsessed with with like the other sex or whatever mm-hmm. and I'm like I can't stop thinking about like conversations or whatever or, oh, I like, feel like fights. sick to my stomach I feel sick to my stomach but it also it seeps into my dreams oh true and so like even if the conversation isn't exact those conversations seep into my dreams and then there is like a side of like terror and like fucked up weird shit like because you're in a turmoil yeah so that was like it was actually like a really beautiful art piece totally um 
it was fucking weird oh, but like yeah. it was like really beautiful i can't remember how it ends um i think so then so then she sings in the car and then i think she like just does one more song and then it just like ended oh yeah she does a song she's back in the sky yeah which is like why i don't <laughs> you I, could die again i think that there's an aspect of like I was trying so hard throughout this entire time to remember what I had said to you mm-hmm. last night where I was like, oh, that was kind of profound. Oh. But I think with a lot of David Lynch movies, there are sort of like circles, like arcs, where mm-hmm. you kind of reset okay, um, and come back. And, and what I had pointed out last night is it always seems like in his stories – that his characters reach a point where they're different and they have changed and they're no longer the characters that they were before and now they're in unknown territory. Mm. And so I think some aspect of her, you know, being in the sky and then going through this breakup and falling and then ending up back in the sky is she's back. Right. But it's different now. It's actually, it, it, it is different. I just pulled it up and looked at it and watched it while oh, you were talking. Oh, nice. Um, so it's different because it she does float back up in the sky, but then she actually floats out of our view. She literally ascends like to heaven. Almost. Oh, she's in the rafters. She's in the, she's in the rafters. And then at the very, very, very end, um, yeah, she literally like disappears out of view. And as she's like ascending into the heavens or sky or whatever, the, the curtains drop and that's the end. Gotcha. Because then, see, yeah, there you go. There's curtains. Gotcha. So that's, yeah. Yeah. So you're right. So it is like, it's, it's, she was higher than she ever was before. Fuck. Shit. Shit. She ain't bitch. Need, she ain't need no man. <laughs> Fuck. Shit. <laughs> bitch. Don't open. Don't open. And then I'm breaking. Yeah. I don't know. It was, uh, so, so that's the whole, that's the whole 49 to 50 minutes of it, but it's, um, so Nick is only in it for like thirty seconds. Yeah, and um, it, what did though. you you said something? Because Asia watched like this Laura Dern interview, and I thought that was interesting to know about this. Oh yeah, I um, so it's not explicitly said that it is Sailor and Lula mm-hmm. from Wild at Heart, but it kind of makes sense because I think you were asking you're like oh she, he just asked them to come back because it was like his most recent thing or something we were speculating about why oh, Laura yeah. Dern and Nick I was Cage. trying to figure out if they were the same characters yeah or not. if it was like an extension of Wild at Heart if it was like a promo because I didn't really understand what this piece was and yeah. so Asia was trying to explain it to me and I think more or less because I, I recently watched I think it was a GQ interview with Laura it Dern. was yeah because Her- it was the same setup as the one with him when he's talking about how Cher saw me do that terrible yeah, movie. Yeah. yeah, it's the same. It's the same group that but does that. She was talking about um, how Wild at Heart characters were like some, one of her favorite roles, and that they worked really well together because her and Nicolas Cage got so into it that they had a hard time leaving the production because they were so like they were Sailor and Lula. Right. They were not Nick and Laura. No, no. And th- I think that's like has a big. I fuck what I'm trying, I'm trying to say. <laughs> Rewind. I think that that is why we felt like they had such great on-screen chemistry because it was like authentic. Because it, they had just, they, it's real. Yeah, they were just really those people. Yeah. Um, And so I'm sure David Lynch was like, oh, I just did this movie and like you guys were fantastic. Come back. Yeah. Don't go. <laughs> Don't go. You want to come be near each other again? They yes. probably didn't even record on the same day. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but um yeah i thought that was that was interesting because because it feels like it's them and i just assumed it was but i guess not guess not and then side note during that gq interview i found out that laura dern was in blue velvet when she was 16 really yeah i want to see she was like i was 16 years old and i met this director david lynch i'm like excuse me what i want to see a picture 16 year oh my god i mean i haven't seen it but i'm just looking at look at her she's baby god and baby orson true he's always he will always be orson wells to me even though i know uh mclaughlin 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 like like sarah mclaughlin i'm pretty sure (laughs) in the arms (laughs) of mclaughlin fly Uh, away she's also in like a shit ton of movies with her mom like i didn't know that wild at heart was not like a first yeah because she's been her mom's an actress actress and right. she would go to movie sets with her mom, like, as a kid. That's how kind of oh, she okay. got into that. I mean, I knew her mom was an actress. I just didn't know. Honestly, I, ju- I only know her from <laughs> Christmas Vacation. <laughs> so I didn't know she's, like, had a long-ass career or anything before that. But what do you think? I mean, because we can't really, again, we can't do Now I'm just looking at really funny pictures of Laura Dern. I got to stop. <laughs> Like they'd put Jurassic Park and Twin Peaks together. <laughs> oh, she's scared. She's scared. So yeah, since Nick is in this like barely, and it's really not that long. Like there's really, I can't. We can't do it. This is why we came here moment because he's he's got like three words. I mean, like the, the, he the, this is why we came here moment is him having that conversation with Lord right. Dern at the beginning. Right. But um, I mean, I, I I don't even I don't even want to rate it because no. it's sorry unrateable. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. He just did what he had to do. You know. <laughs> He showed up to set. He showed up to set. He said some things. He left set. Probably flipped a table on the way out. Maybe. Maybe. And I don't really, I mean, obviously let's rate this performance, but I don't really know how to rate it because it's so different than the films we've watched. Yeah. I mean, five. Flat five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I, I would say the the performance, like overall, like the david lynch aspect of it and yeah. watching it like eight but yeah with like Nicolas the cage five like as an art piece as an art piece it eight. was awesome yeah um but for like nick and the movie all together yeah it was like five nice was, yeah um i don't know is there anything new you wanted to talk about this week where are we at how did we do 30 minutes oh lit lit this i might good. i don't know how much i'm gonna edit this i don't think you should we should we should make it just so genuine because the 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 episode itself is about something that is Raw. a performance. Oof, yeah. Maybe you were like reverse a couple things. <laughs> I mean, you slow already did that with your own down. mouth. Slow it down. <laughs> like right here, just slow. Uh, well, I don't know why I did it. <laughs> do it. Slow down. There we go. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I did it. And then this laugh too. <laughs> that laugh <laughs> oh no my laugh is so bad no no no, it's good you're cute i, I went to get my um i had an appointment today to get laser and she I, removed her eyebrows i did just them. the one though oh yeah i'm trying to one. do like a statement um david lynch <laughs> yes but i no i 
I don't. I didn't have anything else to say. No, I, I was just gonna let you know where I was today. I'm not gonna lie. I'm still very zonked from working on that project for the last few weeks. Yeah. So even though we recorded in the middle of last week, I still feel like we recorded yesterday. So I'm like, oh, nothing yeah. news happened. I mean, yeah, I'm still busy at work. I'm crying about it right now. I, I'm just, yeah, I'm busy at work for different reasons and less stressful reasons, but that's it. That's it. Okay. As always, social media. Uh, is uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, N-I-C-S-T-Y, for Instagram. And then, and Gone in, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Gone in 60 Seconds at gmail.com. And then Asia Man's the Twitter. I'm doing a bad job, but still follow us. <laughs> but still do it. Jin Spod. And uh, next week is Zandali. If oh. you want to watch that one, that one's on... Uh, Prime. Prime. It was on Prime, yeah. Um, it's pretty decent. Like, it's... This isn't going to be one of those that I'm like, oh my god, you have to watch before you listen to the podcast. But um, some of you might want to, because it was... It's... There's definitely some really good uh, Nick scenes, so... Oh, and there's a lot of sex scenes. <sighs> He's so good at them. <laughs> Anyways. He's got a lot of practice in. I think so. <laughs> I can tell his kissing is a little bit t- tighter, too. Yeah, no, he's, he's really worked on it. He's honed in because he's making out so much in so many movies. He's not, like, just, like, anymore. <laughs> he's testing it on different girls. He's kissing his own hand at night. Right? He's getting better. He's doing so good. I practice on him at night because I have my Nick Cage pillows. Wow, hot. So I just turn around and I go, <laughs> just like that. Just, like, really sweetly. We love. We, we laugh. We laugh. We stand. We live. No. We die. <laughs> Tonight we dance, but tomorrow we die. <laughs> that might be cool.com. <laughs> you never know. You never know. That might be cool.com. You never know. <laughs>